Welcome to Fine Rambles, number 99. So I think I need to start this one with a mea culpa and an admission. Because, you know, now everyone I talk to, everyone I see online, everyone is saying that they predicted all of this back in January. Everyone is saying, oh, they sold all of their stocks at the top and that they always knew how bad this was going to get. And, you know, maybe they actually believe that. But our memories fool us. At least my memories fool me. And so I went back and I looked at my notes for March 4th. And this is when the cases in the U.S. were just about to hockey stick. I think there were about 100 cases domestically. And, you know, I thought I was being really bearish. And I guessed that there were 2,000 actual cases, 20 times the reported number. And that by the end of March, based on a six-day doubling period, there would be 32,000 actual cases in this country. And of course, the reality is that today, March 29th, There are 140,000 confirmed cases, and and actual cases are estimated at between, you know, pick a number, 400,000, a million. So my bearish prediction (laughs) was off by a factor of 10x to 30x. So I got this wrong, big time, big time wrong. And, you know, I still think my knowledge is basically zero. But the good news is that, you know, by now everyone else is a epidemiologist. And so I'm sure there's someone out there who will be able to correct all the stupid things I'm about to say. But let me say them. Let me say them out loud. And so you can correct me and I can get smarter. So as far as I can tell, there are a couple things that we still don't understand that are giving us, even now, sort of a false sense of complacency. The first is the lag time between being infected to being symptomatic, and that might be a week, maybe. And then the second is the lag time from being infected or or having symptoms even, to getting a test administered. And it's still really hard to get a test. You really have to go to to the hospital. So that's, what, an extra week, maybe? And then there's the lag time between the test being taken to the test actually getting the results. And here, we're still really far behind. The backlog is still abysmal. I'm reading stories and hearing anecdotes from many states where there's still a week lag between the time a test is taken and the results are available. So that's a three-week lag in the data between infection and confirmed test. And then, of course, you just have the lag between being symptomatic and death. And so the deaths are going to lag the confirmed cases by at least another week and probably two weeks. And I think this means that the confirmed tests today are basically three-week-old information. And it's very tempting to look at the growth in cases. I think that's wrong, 
because the testing is so abysmal still. You have to look at the percentage of tests that are positive. I think that tells you if the testing is catching up to reality or it's falling behind. And so far, we seem to still be falling behind, even though we're now doing 100,000 tests a day, which, you know, we need to be doing 5 million a day. But just as an example, over the last few days, the percentage of tests that are positive in New York have gone from about a quarter of the tests to over a third of the tests. And therefore, the number of new cases is irrelevant because we're missing more and more of the reality every day. We're falling further behind reality. And I think the consequence of this this gap between reality and perception is that, to put it bluntly, this country is winning the Darwin Award. And, and I get it, sort of. I sort of get it. Because, you know, human beings just aren't evolved to understand geometric growth. So what's happening doesn't make sense to us based on our instincts, based on our experience, right? And maybe, you know, maybe that's why old people are being so blasé about this. Because otherwise, I don't understand it. I get I get the young people being foolish. They're, they're young. They're dumb. They're relatively low risk. But I feel like the other group that is being really careless right now are the old. I've heard so many stories of them not taking this seriously. And they're the ones who are at risk. It's crazy. It's crazy. Maybe it's just that Americans have never known danger. So we don't understand it. I don't know. But I feel like, as a country, we're still looking at the death tolls in China and Italy and Spain, and we're saying, hold my beer. Do you guys remember in February when almost every media outlet was telling Americans not to worry about coronavirus, that it wasn't even as bad as the flu? I mean, the headlines at CNN and the Washington Post and at Vox were incredibly dismissive and almost sneering at anyone who dared to raise the specter of what was going to happen. Remember in February when the World Health Organization criticized the United States for stopping flights from China? (laughs) And now China is stopping all foreigners from coming into their country. Remember back in February when Larry Kudlow said the virus was contained airtight? Remember when it took the World Health Organization until March 11th to declare a pandemic? That delay was criminal. Do you remember when the CDC outlawed any test that they hadn't approved? And then their test didn't work, which delayed testing by a month? Or how about when the World Health Organization told people to not wear masks because they might be harmful, despite all the evidence that even homemade masks, even, you know, a piece of toweling paper, reduces the spread of the virus by 80%? That was yesterday. They said that yesterday. So maybe it's not fair for me to blame people for being careless when our dear leaders are being criminally negligent right up until today and probably into the future. 
I mean, in New York and London, the subways are still open to non-essential personnel. And because they've cut service, those subway cars, the tube, is packed. It's packed, which is insane. I get that nurses and cops have to get to work, but you need men with guns at every turnstile making sure that those are the only people getting into these these closed spaces, these petri dishes. Remember a few weeks ago when the mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, said it was impossible to catch the virus on the tube? And now, in response to this, Congress has passed the largest corporate bailout bill ever, ever. The estimates are between $2 trillion and $6 trillion. Let me say that again between $2 trillion and $6 trillion. And most of it, almost all of it, is going to corporations and the wealthy. And workers, what did they get? Well, they got a $1,200 fuck you very much. And it just shows how broken the system is. In good times, corporate America buys back stock with all their profit, rewarding their shareholders. And in bad times, the government pays their expenses. (laughs) Remind me what happens to workers in bad times. Does the government pay their expenses? No, they get shit. They go bankrupt. They go hungry. They go homeless. They lose their health insurance just when they need it. This is an amazing country in which to be a corporation but it's a terrible country to be a human being. The former CEO of Wells Fargo, who oversaw a bank that was conducting criminal acts for a decade and never spent a day in jail, this CEO, Dick Kovacevic, I think you say it, he said that healthy workers should return to work, even if some of them die. He said, we'll gradually bring these people back and see what happens. Some of them will get sick, maybe even die. I don't know. That's the mentality of the ruling class in this country. It's okay if a couple hundred thousand people die. Diabetics, people with hypertension, people with asthma. Those people are expendable as long as the market doesn't go down. I mean... (laughs) What further proof do we need that the elite see us as batteries? As batteries. More and more, I think the answer is localism. Just fractal localism. We have to stop listening to the powers that be. We have to stop listening to the people who cloak themselves in this mantle of authority and then lie to us and then tell us things that are insanely wrong. We need to start taking responsibility for the community that we live in, establishing, you know, green counties and red counties, and then putting up barricades, putting up borders, just preventing the flow of people from hotspots, because otherwise this is going to get 10 times worse. We need borders and we need men with guns at those borders. Anyway, on that cheerful note, stay the fuck inside, and if you have to go out, wear a goddamn mask. 
I'll catch you next week.